Okay, sorry. I need to start that over. <laughs> that, that is not how I wanted to start. This episode's already, we're so good at talking about these things. <laughs> yeah, I'm really great at admitting my faults. <laughs> Just scrap the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Harley Bang Bang. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to today's episode of Love, Life, and Liquor. Our last few episodes have been kind of making fun of all the men that we see online. And <laughs> while that provides us a lot of material, um, we thought <laughs> we would flip the focus around just this once and talk about some of our own mistakes that we've made in relationships. Um, obviously, you can plan for a short episode because <laughs> we're great, but even the best people, you know, make mistakes from time to time. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, and normally we don't really like pointing out our own flaws. We generally have very few of them, but <laughs> we we did think that this was an important topic to cover because it feels like we're now in this current wave of complete self-love and self-empowerment and you know, the narrative seems to be if someone breaks up with you then they're a jerk or it's their loss and that's kind of the end of the analysis. And sometimes that can be true, that, that can be all there is to it. But I personally think it's really important to take accountability for your actions and really think about your role that you played in, in any given situation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, generally we think that the only way to really grow as a person is to self-reflect, think about what your areas or improvement are. And it's not to say that, you know, you should give others a pass or that the other person wasn't at fault in a relationship, but we generally think you should always try to take some accountability. So this episode is our way of doing that for ourselves so that we don't make the same mistakes in future relationships. And I mean, I personally think about this stuff because it helps me be a better person, even just to my, my friends and family, just like outside of a romantic context. Yeah, I agree. And I think even, you know, as you kind of alluded to, even if something is the, even if the majority of why something ends is the other person's fault for whatever reason, there's still things along the way that I think both people could do better. And it doesn't mean that those things wouldn't have ended, but mm -hmm. there are things that you can take with you into future romantic relationships, but like you just said, into any of your interpersonal relationships too. Yeah. And as a disclaimer, I mean, I think there are very rare exceptions where it, it's not your fault at all. Like if you're in an abusive relationship or something mm -hmm. like that, like this does not apply to you. You should not be thinking about what yeah. you <laughs> Yes. Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about what you did wrong in an abusive relationship. But outside of that context, uh, we've drawn on our various relationship experiences. And Sarah and I are, are fairly different in that regard. I've had relationships that have been a few months. I've had a couple that have been a year, a year and a half where we didn't live together. Um, but Sarah's had a relationship that lasted five years and they did live together. So given, given the different contexts that we've been in, we thought about what we've learned and what mistakes we don't want to repeat in our future relationships. So with so that. with that, I guess I will start us off. So one thing that I think about when I consider the person that I lived with is I didn't know the terminology for this at the time, but 
looking back on it, we definitely had kind of different love languages in a way, Mm -hmm. or we had different ways that we showed each other that we cared. And even though I think that the ways I showed him I cared were valid, they were very different from his. And I feel like his ways of trying to care for me or whatever were a bit more tangible, like doing more of like the cooking and cleaning when I had a long commute, like helping pay like a little bit more than his percentage of the bills when I had to get a new car unexpectedly because mine died, like, like things that were like tangibly to help me or to like logistically make my life easier. And that's not to say that I wasn't doing things to show I cared as well. Like, I don't think it was a one-sided relationship, but I do think I could have been a bit more grateful for the things he was doing because they were so tangible. And like, yes, a relationship can't just be like logistical support. Like it also has to be like (laughs) emotional support and things like that. So I'm not saying that that's like the end all be all of of a relationship, but he did at certain times of our time together really try to do a lot for me. And I think in a way I like took it for granted a little bit, not intentionally, but I think in my head, I was just like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. Like (laughs) you're supposed to help your partner when they need something like, just like I do X, Y, Z things like for you, or I spend so much time around your family or I hang out with your mom alone. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think I thought I, I, it wasn't even a conscious like thought to me because in my head, things were equal but like looking back on it I can see how maybe like in his mind sorry that's my dog in the background guys (laughs) I can see um how in his mind like maybe they weren't and I do wish that I had like just been a bit more grateful and taken less things for granted so do you wish you had sort of expressed to him more that you were appreciative or like like what do you wish specifically you had done differently Um, yeah, like expressed, like said, thank you more, like expressed more things. Um, I guess just acknowledged more like that he was doing things that he didn't quote unquote, like have to do Mm -hmm. like, like some of the stuff like cooking when I had a long commute, like that logistically is just what made sense. Like I could have cooked, but we would have been eating at like 8.30 PM. So if you want to eat at a normal time, like that's just what has to happen. So some stuff I think was just like the natural way of things. But like when he took on more than he should have financially because I had an unexpected expense and like things like that. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'll pay for us going out to dinner more or whatever. Mm. Like these were like our household expenses that he was definitely like paying more for than made sense you know proportionate to our salaries and stuff like that so like things like that I just wish I had been like a bit more grateful and also like I wish I had been mature enough at the time to realize that we did things a little bit differently and I feel like we should have talked through more things like hey when I do xyz things I'm showing you that I care about you like it might be different Uh, than what you do but like this is my way of showing you like I don't even think we were in a mature enough place to verbalize that at that time so I just wish I had like expressed myself a little bit more clearly and like let him know that he was appreciated I guess yeah yeah that's a that's a good realization to have. And it's, I don't think it's intuitive, honestly. I mean, I, I see what you're saying that 
you kind of automatically think, yeah, well, in a relationship, you support each other. That's, you know, that's what's supposed to happen. So I can see it being really easy to forget to express the appreciation. Yeah. I think it just felt like normal to me. And I guess that's what I mean by like, take it for granted. Like, yeah, it might be the appropriate thing for someone to do, but that doesn't mean someone doesn't deserve to hear. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's, it's not that much to ask. So. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yes. <laughs> what about you? What's like something that you think that you could have done a little differently? So this is going to make me sound like a really shitty person when you first hear it, <laughs> but hear me out. I feel like I should have or could have been a more generous and thoughtful girlfriend. <laughs> okay tell me more (laughs) like it just it sounds really bad and and I it's not that like I didn't do anything for my exes or you know I just sat around like a princess all day but um I I think that part of the issue for me was by the time I really got started to date and getting into proper relationships like like most people, I had weird baggage where I used to put in like a lot of effort and time for just like even friends growing up. And yeah, I just, I feel like I had a couple people I knew where it just ended poorly. Like it's things ended on a sour note and it almost tainted me and putting in a lot of effort for people. Cause I had this, this feeling of like, well, why bother? Or, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to be completely all in unless I know for sure someone is sticking around forever. So like, I always sort of held back on the amount of effort I put in for the guys that I dated later. And so looking back, I do think that that was a mistake on my part. Um, I, I didn't date like horrible guys. They were generally pretty good to me, at least when things were good or in the beginning, And I, I just didn't always reciprocate. Like I didn't put in the, like, you know, I could have probably just gotten them cute little things, or I could have offered to cook the meals more often for them, or, Mm. you know, or even just like been more willing to go out of my way for them. If they needed something, I could have offered to go pick it up for them on my way to their place or drive them somewhere, pick them up from somewhere, take them to the airport, like little things like that. I, I just didn't do, I really held back. So I do wish I had been just more generous and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And and, do you feel that they were to you? Like, do you think it was like a mismatch or do you think they did like other things for you? And that's just a way you could have reciprocated. I, so the, I'm thinking of my most recent relationship where I will admit, like he was definitely pretty generous and thoughtful. Um, so I, I, I wish I had thought to reciprocate that. And then one thing I did, it's actually kind of similar to what you were saying. Like he used to, whenever he'd stay over, he would wake up earlier than me and he would like, go get me, Um, well, he would get both of us a coffee from the place around the corner and bring it back. And we'd like enjoy the coffee or sometimes he'd get breakfast sandwiches too. And I was pretty appreciative of it. Like I was very happy, but part of me was like, yeah, well, it makes sense. You wake up earlier than me. I like to have a lie and you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's something you want to do as like a, as a nice gesture. So I shouldn't have to match it 
and, you know, be go dollar for dollar on everything. So I just, I saw it as like something he chose to do, but I don't have to choose to do that. Um, or like, or he used to keep, uh, like I'm a diet Coke addict. So like he would always keep his fridge stocked with, you know, diet Cokes or whatever snacks I liked. And I just never really thought to do that. I don't know why I was just like, I don't know. I don't want to get that for you or like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it honestly really didn't occur to me. And I remember um, there was a point where he kind of mentioned, he's like, you know, when you're at my place, I'll have the stuff you like, or I'll make you breakfast food. And you don't even, you don't even have a carton of milk in your fridge because I don't drink milk. And I was like, well, I don't drink milk. And he's like, yeah, but I do. <laughs> I like it. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. It just, it didn't really seem necessary to me to, to do those kinds of things. <laughs> I looked at it very much like if I don't want something and you were in my place under my roof, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was just like, you're in, you're in my place and I don't own these things or I don't use these things. So why would I just buy them and clutter up my place? That That's honestly kind of how I looked at it. Like, I just didn't like having extra stuff lying around that I knew, I knew I would never use. So again, like definitely a mistake on my end. I can admit that now I, I should have just been more thoughtful about what would they enjoy? What would make things more convenient or enjoyable for them? Because they were doing that for me. So I, mm -hmm. I think I, I should have reciprocated. I think it's, you know, understandable to not want to give too much to someone if you've had bad experiences with that in the past. But I think when they're giving that and it's more of a reciprocation mm -hmm. thing, I think that's a little bit like safer for your own emotions. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I guess <laughs> I'll think about that next time. Um, what about you? Any, any other things you've reflected on? Um, yeah. So this, well, this one is also kind of originally with the person I lived with, but it's interesting because I'm actually sort of experiencing the reverse of it right now. And it's interesting to kind of take what I've learned, but when I, um, lived with that one guy um af at a certain point in our relationship and I don't really know what caused it but my sex drive went like way down and mm. looking back I think it was partly a hormonal issue um I my doctor at the time was an idiot like I asked them to look into my hormones and he did and then he just said if you don't hear from me again it's it, you're fine. And then my next doctor was like, oh, this stuff was a little high. I would have called you back and had you test again. So oh. needless to say, I don't go to that doctor anymore, but I do think there was <laughs> something like internal going on that I didn't know about at the time. But regardless of the reason, um, at some point, you know, I, my sex drive got way lower than his. And like, while I think those things can happen in any relationship and, you know, things can kind of ebb and flow in that area. Mm. I think because by this point we live together, I just didn't really see it as an issue or like take it that seriously. Like, mm. I think when you don't live together and you only, see, even if you're seeing someone a couple times a week, like you're not always going to be around them. Like they're not always there. So yeah. I think it creates a little bit more of like a, like a need for that type of like sex or intimacy or whatever. Mm -hmm. When someone is living with you and you're around them all the time <laughs> and it's like always an option, it just doesn't feel urgent 
to fix it. Like, yeah. like I would be like, oh, I just like feel kind of in my head. I'd be like, I feel kind of off, whatever. Hopefully like in a week or two, I'll just feel better. And then like a couple weeks would pass and then I would be like on my period and then like a couple <laughs> more weeks would pass. And like, before I knew it, a couple of months had gone by and like, it was just getting to be too long. And I don't think that I was taking it seriously enough, even though if it was an internal thing or a hormonal thing, like, it's not like you can force it to happen. Like it might not have immediately been resolved, but I think even just like trying more things or doing some research into like why I might've felt that way, or even mm. thinking through like, is this someone I even want to be with? Like, am I attracted oh. to this person? Like, I don't think that that was the problem, but I never even engaged in that level of like self-reflection. And like, I think I just sort of treated it as like an issue that would resolve itself in oh. time. <laughs> and right. I don't think I gave it like the attention that I should have because that is an important part of a relationship. Um, mm. And it's interesting because someone that I've like kind of recently started seeing, I, I don't think our drives are necessarily mismatched, but I think mine is more consistent. Whereas his mm. is very much like in waves and those waves like come and go every couple weeks. So it's not like we're going long periods of time. Like it's not the exact same problem, but I do think that I've been able to take <laughs> what I learned from my own mistakes and just like talk about sex more openly. Like, Cause that was also part of the problem was that like my ex, you know, at the time he wouldn't talk about it much. Like he would occasionally bring uh. it up and like say that it bothered him, but it, it wasn't like, he also didn't treat it like that big of a deal until it got so bad that it was like so annoying for him. Like, I feel like if he had brought it up earlier, it's something we could have addressed. Like it was something that, you know, it might've encouraged me to take more seriously. So I've tried to do that, like not in like a pressure kind of way or whatever, but just like in a in an observational way, like, hey, you seem to like be this way one time and then like the following week yeah. this way, like, is everything cool? Like, cause I, you know, I haven't known this person that long and I just want to make sure that like, we're on the same page and whatever. Mm -hmm. And again, you can't force things to be identical. You can't force things to happen. Like these things might still be problems, but I think at least in this current situation, I'll know that I tried to address it and like tried to take you know the sexual aspect of things seriously because I feel like I did not always do that in that longer relationship yeah and I think it's it's interesting because the top two um causes of divorce are mismatched sex drives and money mm -hmm. but like it, it's so interesting that you know, the sex thing actually is a really big issue. Like it literally ends marriages that people don't necessarily think to talk about. Like I am quite certain you are not the only one. Who's oh yeah. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, it doesn't, it seems like it's just not normalized to have those discussions. And mm -hmm. it's almost like people wait and wait and wait until you're just so far down the road and the dry spell has gone on for months. And, yeah. you know, and at that point it's like such a huge problem to tackle, but people don't think to talk about it in those early stages. Yeah. And I think that's something I'm like, doing much better at this time. And I also think that 
it's not always normalized to talk about like with friends either. Yeah. Like, I feel like when I was in that other relationship, like that started when I was like in my young to mid twenties and I was not telling friends that we would sometimes go a little while mm. without, like, it just wasn't something I would talk about. Whereas I feel like now I'm more open with my friends and like, yeah, I would bring something like this up casually and I would get casual feedback. Like I, it's not like what I'm dealing with now is a problem in any way, but sometimes I'll just say like, as an, again, an observation, like, oh, this is like something going on with me and my dating <laughs> life. And I'll get casual feedback from friends that I think can be really helpful. And I don't feel like I had that last time because I wasn't as open myself. So mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the benefits of getting older, I guess, <laughs> getting more comfortable in yourself and talking about things more. <laughs> All right. So your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I have to. <laughs> so another thing that has occurred to me is that I really should have been better about the proactive planning in, in my previous relationships. And I, again, because I, I started dating like fairly late, I was a late bloomer. So when I finally did have a boyfriend, I was really excited to experience all of those romantic things that TV and movies told me I should be having. Like I wanted, you know, the nice dinners out and fun trips and fun day hikes together. And like, I was just, I wanted to experience it all. And I had it in my head that this guy that I'm dating should be planning these things for me. And, Mm. you know, like I, I just, I felt like, I had paid my dues and I deserved it and I earned it. <laughs> you know, and, and like I would tell them, I'd be like, you know, I really like um, I like having adventures and in my ideal relationship is one where we're exploring new things and trying new things. And this is something I like. So I was pretty clear about that, but I did really put it on them to make those things happen. And in a healthier relationship, it definitely should be more evenly split. If I wanted to do something on Saturday, I'd be like, oh, it's like so nice Saturday. I really want to do something outdoors. Like, can you find a hike for us to go on? <laughs> and like, I, <laughs> like I just, and maybe in my mind, I didn't do this consciously, but maybe I was like, well, I gave the idea. So all they need to do is like execute it. So I kind of maybe felt like I was pitching in in my own way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really fair for me to expect certain treatment and and fun outings, but also not be a part of the planning. So that's something uh, I will definitely be more cognizant of. Should I ever have another relationship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I do think those things um, can be more equal. It also depends if someone like if one person's significantly better at it or whatever, mm. and it's just falls to them naturally. I think that's different, but yeah, I guess when you're like asking <laughs> them to do it, like you have the idea in your head, you could just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was like, well, I put in 50% of the work in thinking of the idea. So all you need to do is Google it now. <laughs> But I think it was also like definitely a place of immaturity and just thinking like, this is what a guy is supposed to do. Like, shouldn't he want to do Mm -hmm. for me? You know, I was like, you know, I'm your girlfriend. Don't you want to plan fun things for us to do together? And like, and again, they did, but it doesn't mean that it should have completely fallen on them. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So for the last one that I kind of had in mind, um, and this is actually something that I've experienced quite a few times, um, including to an extent currently, (laughs) but (laughs) there's like one relationship that I think it really sticks out in. And the issue is that we had very different communication styles when there was conflict so oh yes I don't think either of us were right or wrong like I don't think either of us were like being an asshole to each other or whatever (laughs) I think we were just very different and like we like if I think there's a problem I would rather just talk about it and like let's get it over with and Mm -hmm. like let's move on like let's talk through it I want to say how I feel as soon as I get things like off my chest or whatever I feel a little better like that it's just out there so I'd rather just talk about it and move on and this person was more like I need to be quiet for a long time and like process internally and like what is with men and like their obsession with processing well it's because they don't know how to have healthy conversations about things but regardless of the reason like again I don't necessarily think because like eventually he would come back and like apologize or address it or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's not like he was being a dick like we were just very different and I don't think that I was mature enough to realize that like people just have those different styles and relationships are a compromise Mm -hmm. and you have to like meet halfway but in order to meet halfway you have to speak up like for what you need and like Mm -hmm. so I think like in my you know current situation there is an element of this same thing I would say like at play to an extent I don't think it's as extreme as what I dealt with last time but I feel like I've been much better at like speaking up for myself and saying like it makes me feel a little anxious when you just like go quiet when there's a problem like Mm -hmm. and I I don't deal with too much anxiety like that's not a word that I often like use to describe myself so I think when I said that he seemed to like take it pretty seriously and Mm -hmm. tried to and he was like I'm not I wasn't trying to make you anxious like I was just trying to like you know think through like he kind of shared his perspective and I felt like we could you know I felt like we dealt with it that issue at hand that day a little better that day and like who knows you know it's not like we're arguing all the time so that was kind of probably the last time who knows what the next time will bring (laughs) but like but like I I do think I'm better now after all after reflecting on previous things about just like speaking up and explaining like why I want to talk it through like I'm not just trying to be a nag or Mm. annoying or whatever like I'm not trying to like harp on an issue and make it a big deal like this is how I move through things and we can be done with this a lot faster if we just like (laughs) do it my way. But I think like when I was younger, I didn't even know how to articulate that. Like I, to me, I was just like, why is he so annoying in how he deals with this? My way is clearly like the only way or the best way. (laughs) Like I, there was no sense of like relationships or compromise and whatever. So it's not so much that I think that my actions were a mistake but I think like my attitude towards it was a mistake and like Mm -hmm. a lack of speaking up about what I need and like being willing to find a middle ground I guess was a mistake like when you're dealing with another person you're hardly ever going to communicate exactly the same way (laughs) like that goes for like partners friends whatever and 
you know, I think a lot of times you have to find a middle ground with people, but I feel like when we do it with friends, it comes a little bit more naturally, like we're more willing to do it. And I think sometimes in dating, it's like, why won't this person just <laughs> do it my way? And so I've tried to like be better about that as I've gotten older. <laughs> yeah. But it depends, right? Like, I mean, I don't know the the nuances, but what, like, what was he doing? Because there is a point where the other person is being unfair and like I'm even thinking of this exact scenario actually because like one of my exes was the same he like needed time to process like the most simple disagreement but I was actually the opposite I I almost tried to be like so understanding and accommodating and I I think he took it to an extreme where he needed Mm. like several days and I wish I had been like yo like this is unfair to me I I should not be left hanging yeah no I agree that that's too extreme I don't I don't think that the people I've dealt with have been that extreme. Um, and like I said, this has come up like actually a few times. I don't know why I'm drawn Uh-oh. to these men, but uh, <laughs> like in serious relationships and more casual ones, I feel like this has come up, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I don't think it was ever to the point that it was unfair to me. I think it was just like total opposite. So again, I don't think either of us were necessarily making a mistake, but I think the mistake was like, not being more mature, not being more self-aware and not just like trying to find a middle ground or meet halfway in some way. Yeah. And I I actually think that this is a really common issue and, you know, not to generalize, but it does seem to happen a lot where women handle things the way you and I do, where we just Mm -hmm. like say it. And then it's almost like, okay, I'm good. Like, Mm -hmm. and men are like, I need to process. I like need time for myself. And just like, Like, not to turn this into another dig at men episode, but I do think it's because men are not like encouraged to talk about their feelings or whatever in general as much. So I think when they have an emotion of any kind, even if that emotion is anger or frustration or whatever, I think they just like short circuit. Like, I think they're like, (laughs) do not know how to express, must spend time alone and like, let this sort itself out. (laughs) Like, whereas I feel like generally women, we find it more acceptable to just like say something Mm -hmm. and kind of move on. And like, that's how we are dealing with our feelings, but they just don't even know how to deal with it. No, no, not at all. Um, I was talking to, like, this was a few years ago. I was talking to a therapist about this actually, because I remember being telling her, uh, you know, he takes a while, he needs to process. And then that just leaves me feeling like shit while I'm in limbo. And her suggestion, and so might help you or anyone else listening, her suggestion was, you know, really try to put some kind of time limit, which sounds overly technical for what we're talking Mm. about. But I think it's perfectly fair to be like, you absolutely need your time to process, I can give that to you. But I can't wait a whole day without hearing anything Mm -hmm. from you. Like, can you get back to me? You know, yeah, can we come back together in a couple hours? I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of coming to like a compromise or a middle ground. Like, like I said, when I, with the person I'm, you know, seeing right now, like when I said, it makes me anxious when you do this and he, his response was something along the lines of like, I wasn't trying to make you anxious. I just wanted to choose my words carefully. Mm -hmm. And it felt like we were making it worse by going back and forth. And I just wanted to give it a couple hours. And so I was like, okay, a couple hours is fine. I just don't want this to go on for like days. And Mm -hmm. he was like, it's not going to go on for days. And like, 
and that was that and like that was acceptable to me because then I at least knew like when this was gonna end and Mm. I think that's I like I said I I view it as a way of like speaking up for myself and my needs and obviously no one person is gonna meet you know a hundred percent of those like ideal wishes on my part but like if I don't say them whereas I feel like when I was younger it was more I would wish that in my head but it was more just like what's wrong with you why are you being so quiet like you're making this worse like I I wasn't talking about like what I needed I was more just being like what is wrong with you (laughs) why are you doing this wrong why is this your (laughs) go-to you are communicating incorrectly yes Yeah. Well, on that note, my last point is, uh, is actually tied to that on the, you know, in the vein of advocating for yourself or, and speaking up about what you need. Um, I, I think that that is another area that I could have improved on in my past relationships because inevitably anyone you date or any friend and anyone in your life is going to always do things that annoy you or upset you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, probably more so in a romantic relationship. And so I was just, I really wasn't great about advocating for myself when they messed up or, you know, I would maybe, I would either bring it up in a roundabout way, or I would, I would sort of cut them a lot of slack and let them get away with like a surface answer that didn't really get to the heart of the issue. So I was like, okay, well, we've talked about it and we can move on. Like I didn't really have the conversations I needed to have when I was upset with something that they did. And, you know, and I mean, this, it's, this isn't to just bash them for messing up. I think if you allow yourself to be treated a certain way, that is actually on you. Part of it was that I was just too scared to have those conversations because I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I would I would really try to rationalize it. I'd be like, well, most of our relationship is so good. Like, is it really worth me making a fuss over this one small thing? And in hindsight, I want to say, yes, it is worth it. Like <laughs> these little things are going to add up over time. And yeah, and, like, and they cause resentment and just yeah. like bigger problems down the road. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things. It's like you can either address it when it's a small issue at the beginning, or you're gonna be forced to address it when it's a huge issue down the road that probably is unresolvable. And- it might yeah it might be too hard to fix and yeah that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was saying I don't think my ex brought up the sex thing enough when Mm -hmm. it was bothering him like and I'm not putting the blame for that situation on him but again had he brought it up more it might have been resolved differently or whatever so yeah I think it's super important yeah so I you know that I mean that's a learning lesson in in and of itself like the little things unless you know I mean no, no one should be petty but generally the little things that upset you are worth bringing up and you really should because they will fester and escalate in some way you can't keep these things suppressed forever um so I I really do blame myself I can't blame them for being shitty to me when Mm -hmm. I I didn't speak up for myself and like one example and this is so weird and I I still think about it was um I mean me and my ex weren't in like a super great place when this happened but it was our I think it was like our anniversary or something so he we went out for dinner one night and then the next day I had booked us um, massages, like a couple's massage thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so at that point, uh, my massage benefits coverage was really shitty. Um, I mean, I'm speaking to an American, so yeah, (laughs) Americans just ignore this part. We don't have this, but anyway, go on. My coverage at that point, just, just so like people hear the numbers, I could only get up to $35 covered per massage that I got. And where he worked, it was much better. I think he could get like a hundred bucks covered or something. I didn't really think too much about it. I was like, yeah, I'll pay for these. Like it's cool. And, and then, so when I paid the woman asked, like, do you need, um, yeah, she asked him, do you need a massage receipt? And he said, yes. And I was like really caught off guard in that moment. And so afterwards I was like, why did you get a massage receipt? Like I, I paid for them mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't like he was going to get reimbursed and give me the money. Yeah. Right. It wasn't, he was just like, yeah, well, like I paid for the dinners last night. So when you <laughs> eat, like when you look at the numbers, like this evens it out, like basically he just wanted me to be out of pocket so that I was going to pay the same amount that he paid for dinner last night, which technically, yes, now we're equal because we we spent the same amount of money, but it was completely unnecessary for me to have paid for his massage. Yeah. Get it covered. Yeah. No, Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm very upset with myself for not pushing back on that because it was, it's like such a tacky and rude thing to have done. Um, so, I mean, like I asked him about it and he gave an answer and I wasn't satisfied with the answer, but I didn't really push it beyond that. And right. so th- things like that, that is absolutely on me that yeah. I, I kind of let him get away with it. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that's a big learning lesson. Like I shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations. And if it does scare a guy off, if it does cause the demise of a relationship, all the better because he's clearly <laughs> an asshole anyway. I, like, I, yeah. I think that's kind of a lesson in and of itself. I'm kind of almost excited for my next relationship <laughs> to, to be able to assert myself so much. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I think it's helping me so far. And and I mean, that that's not to say that things will go perfectly or that people aren't still going to make mistakes or whatever. But I think Mm -hmm. when you have spent a fair amount of time single, as you and I have, I do think that gives you the chance to reflect on these things a bit and like actually think about things you would do differently and things to pay attention to next time. Whereas I feel like if you've jumped a little bit from relationship to relationship, you might not get that same reflection time like yeah because you're just on to the next set of challenges and problems (laughs) with a new person so I am like grateful you know as as much as you know being single can be hard at times and stuff like that I'm glad I've had like longer chunks of that in between things because I do think it gives me the chance to to reflect a bit and to like use those lessons the next time around For sure. And I think the danger of being single for so long is that it's really easy to throw these lessons out the window when you finally do (laughs) (laughs) meet somebody. Um, So, I mean, I can say for like, I personally did write a lot of these things down, like when I was Mm. doing a lot of reflection. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. And on the topic of of writing things down, one thing I also wish I'd done in past relationships was write things down as they were happening in real time, because often the mental gymnastics I would go through if I had an issue that I was scared to bring up was I'd say, well, most of our relationship is good. So I don't really want to 
rock the boat. And I would sort of talk myself out of it. But I do wish that I had written it down because I think having it in front of you and really reading the words does allow you to think more logically and get a better perspective. And I think it would really have validated my thoughts and feelings on various mm-hmm. situations. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's something I want to get better at doing, have nothing to do specifically with dating, but just journaling in general and keeping better stock of like, are these feelings ongoing or am I just having an off day type of thing? Yeah. Um, and it's easier so. to recognize patterns that way too. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like our memories really do trick us. But I think if you find yourself writing about yeah. the same kind of <laughs> conflict all the time, like that's a good thing to pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, that's all we've got, you know, six mistakes between the two of us and, you know, everything else is great. So I hope that everyone has enjoyed hearing us take a little bit of accountability. Cause like I said, I just don't really see us having a need for another one of these episodes anytime soon. No, this is our one and done. We are going back to making fun of men next episode. (laughs) Don't you worry, but in the spirit of accountability, um, we'd love you to respond to us on Twitter or reach out if you have things that you think you could have done differently. I always think it's interesting to hear what other people have to say about themselves in this topic. So definitely reach out if this sparked any ideas in you. And I guess we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.